because of our experience as a black person in the United States. I'm glad that you checked that. Yeah, that's that's exactly what she was saying. So I didn't mean to come off just because we have more melanin in our skin that we're more at risk for death, morbidity. It's because of the experience, the black experience in the United States that we face that white women just don't encounter. The times that I did follow protocol, they were absolutely horrific. Um, I took a neural tube defect blood test and my midwife called me. I am Mojiyai, an unschooling mama and doula living a self-directed minimalist lifestyle. I am launching Wellness Spiral for you and anybody else who wants to tune in to their intuitive healthcare. I'm talking to Elena Lackey today. She is the owner of Bodyology in Gainesville. Bodyology is an amazing space unlike no other space in Gainesville. It's a place for wellness. It's a space for you to just come and take a load off. And it's beautiful. And she's beautiful, a woman of color. And the space just has a lot of soul. So I was very happy to meet her. And I am joining the Bodyology crew, providing services there. So she's going to talk to us about her pregnancy experiences. Elena has had twins 22 years ago. She's now having her second pregnancy. And it's just very interesting to talk to her about her experiences 22 years ago and then her experiences now. She's also going to talk about how she built a life centered on her wellness and how that's helped her make better decisions and feel more empowered as a woman and as a mother. Just a couple of days ago when I went to see Dr. Fareed, have you experienced any contractions or um, Braxton Hicks and I was like can you remind me <laughs> like what that would feel like and so she described it and I was like okay I've had a couple of Braxton Hicks already but no contractions but like I didn't have that type of knowledge or outlook I feel the same way like a lot of the childbirth education classes are not I didn't fit in it mm -hmm. and so I wanted to create a childbirth education class that was not couple days and was not just doesn't look like what a lot of childbirth education classes look like it's more conversational it's more you know if you bring it in I'm not just sitting there teaching you this and exactly. that because I've had women have some horrible experiences and just go into pregnancy with like nothing, no knowledge about what's going to go on. And plus being in the hospital, plus not having anybody there with you. That's setting yourself up for a lot of pain and to be possibly used, abused or endless. So that's why I wanted to ask you about. I didn't think I would be able to identify and I didn't have a partner. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. Um, my daughter came with me to one of my midwife appointments and she had, of course, 20 questions listed. Okay, what if my mom's walking and she starts to deliver right then? Like, what 
What has to happen? How's she going to feel? What do I need to find? Is there, are there things I should keep on hand with me? You know, at all times at a certain point. How do I help her relax? And she just had a million questions. And even like this particular midwife was just like very vague. And so I think if you set up a child birthing class where people get to bring their questions, you're going to have a full class because we all have a million things on our mind. Like some things I don't even know what to ask about because I, I, I can't perceive them happening or I don't remember or for someone who's never had a child, they don't even know what to look for. You know what I mean? But hearing other mothers sharing their experiences and having questions ready, that always spawns energy. Like I went out to eat with a girlfriend yesterday and she was just drilling me about all of my decisions and choices and what I was going through. And I'm just looking at her and in my mind, I was like, boy, she is pregnant and she is not going to say anything to me about it, is she? And about 30 minutes in, she was like, well, I'm pregnant. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. But she had a million questions for me. You know, yes, I've been a mother for 22 years, but I've only given birth twice. And that was 22 years ago. So I'm no expert on that. Like it's, I don't remember anything. I'm learning all over again. Now for me, because I have a significant other, I see it as more of an intimate experience. And so that's why having you, a doula, on board was really valuable because I thought that there would be more opportunity for us to just connect with you and ask you those questions and it just be, you know, um, a one-on-one type of situation. Um, I think that if he and I went into a class, he may not be as open to ask the questions that are coming to mind. He may have some fear about how he thinks of things and people may perceive of his, his thoughts. You know, um, he's, he's the type of person that listens and observes and he may have a question, but that doesn't mean he's going to ask if he's in a group with a whole bunch of people that he doesn't feel he can relate to. Right. And so. That's why I think the intimacy that having a doula provides gives us more comfort in that. You know, he's, he's coming to all of my, um, my appointments. He's never done that and he's had kids before. And so that's an experience. So me observing him in those appointments, like he won't ask that many questions, but if something comes up or if I ask something really direct and he was like, Oh my gosh. You ask that question or you, you talk, you, do y'all talk like that when I'm not around? And I'm like, yeah, I need to know everything. And, um, then he, op- he'll open up a little bit more, but I just, I think that's probably the reason why I haven't been interested in doing a group thing. But I think it's important that if he were to say, you know what, why don't we do this? I would want to find birthing classes with those who are teaching and attending that we can relate to. 
because it's a completely different situation. It's a completely different matrix for black and white women, black and white families. You know, the news just did this huge coverage story on the morbidity rate of women in New York that actually die while giving birth and all of their issues that they're having. And so I brought it up to my midwife and I was like, why is this happening? And she was like, there are actually answers that are out there that basically describe that the fact is, is that black women have a whole set of stressors and lifestyles and more risk associated just because they're black. And I was really appreciative for her being honest because she's not African-American, but the fact that she did the work to learn about that was really important. And then, um, I heard, a, I've, I read a follow-up article about a few months after seeing this on um, TV, which was before I was even pregnant, but I just happened to be paying attention, that the state of New York is about to pass a, an acceptance through Medicaid that covers doulas for women that are pregnant to help fight this. And I'm like, wow, if they can have a successful model and we can do that everywhere, Man, the what difference that'll make for black families in general will be so critical and so life changing. And I think that's a really necessary component that's missing right now for black families that will set them up to be thriving and communicative and healthy long term, starting this type of wellness and education at birth. Because of their experience in the U.S. as a black as black people, because sometimes you know they people start to think oh, because you're black you're doing it. though it's not because of but because of our experience as a black person in the United. States. I'm glad that you checked that. Yeah, that's that's exactly what she was saying. So I didn't mean to come off just because we have more melanin in our skin that we're more at risk for death morbidity. It's because of the experience, the black experience in the United States that we face that white women just don't encounter. Um, and that is saying a lot too, right? Like that's, that's a, that's a huge statement. Well, you got, you got to know that because like, think about when women go to Africa, like their experience and what they feel. My daughter went and lived in Africa. She was like, mommy, the moment I landed, I, I took a breath. A breath like no other breath I've ever taken. She said, Mommy, I knew I was home. The energy was different. The vibration was different. It was colorful. She can make huge distinguishing remarks about how she felt when she came home in comparison to how she felt when she went to Africa. And she will never not want to stay here for a long period of time. Like she's already on her way back to Morocco. She's got plans to go back to South Africa. She, she like she wants to be able to have a home there because she realizes her health, her standard of health, emotionally, spiritually, physically was incredible. She was voluptuous. She was glowing. She she was in her element. And for the students, her, her, her friends that came along for the trip from Georgetown, they had a completely different experience because they were the minority, but they still have, they know, they know what mother is. So, you know, she was queen. Thank you.
a lot of my work is helping women tap into their intuition to follow their own lead. Tell me how that worked for you before and now. Because I've dedicated a large portion of my life to learning and understanding my body, mm-hmm. I have done very well by listening to it and will tend to know when there is dis-ease happening and what my body needs in order to recalibrate and, and rejuvenate. What do you mean by dedicating another time to learning your body? What did you do to learn and listen to your body? There was a period when I really wasn't paying much attention to my body and I was just going and I was not thoughtful about what I ate and thoughtful about how I balanced my work and my life experience. And there was a lot of imbalance in in different and multiple areas. And my body presented as a result of that. And I gained a lot of weight. And in order for me to gain that balance, my intuition led me to focus on specific components like my spirituality, um, healing, releasing blockages, exercise, nutrition, um, having different outlets to release. And by integrating practices that supported those focus areas, I was able to find myself in many different ways. And what I've realized is that we go through so much in life and at least as a single mother, I never really had time to stop and process things or trauma that was occurring along the way. And so when I went through that period of detoxing myself, I realized that there were layers that I needed to work through from balancing my energy, you know, to confronting things that happened in my past to releasing them. And I had to find different methods in which to do it. Sometimes really strenuous and intense exercise allowed me to release with vigor the things that were very intense. And then yoga and meditation helped me to process and release in a different way. I I had to find different outlets for that. I had to find a confidant that I would not have any space for judgment in. And at that point in my life, I couldn't identify anyone. And so I had a journal and I realized what writing did for me and how sacred that was and how private it was and how intimate it was. And that became an outlet. So from an instinctual perspective, I, through doing the work, was able to uncover more. You know, if you just stand still, you can't find anything. But if you move, if there's movement, if there's fluidity in what you're trying to accomplish, everything will open up. You know, everything will show itself over time. And, you know, when I went through that whole process, I was like, I'm relieved. I, You know, I feel amazing. I changed my life. But eventually, years later, I realized there was still more work for me to do. And so what I, what that showed me is that you can evolve forever. 
And so once I decided that, I realized I needed to commit to a lifestyle that gave me space to do that. And so I then started studying and became a certified personal trainer and started working with a lot of clients and seeing how my philosophies applied to methods with them affected and changed their lives. And then I would take from the different barriers that they face and learn more about how to get through those things and ended up going back to school and becoming a licensed massage therapist and learning more anatomy and physiology and touch and just the body in and of itself. You know, that particular deep dive was a huge compliment to the fitness component. I've been practicing yoga for 15 years just because I thought it was cool and I didn't hone into the spiritual level of it until I started searching for an opportunity to become an instructor. And the only reason why I did that was because I wanted clients to be able to get prescriptions from their doctors to have yoga and it be billed to their insurance. So reached out to the Yoga Alliance started reaching out to different yoga programs and quickly discovered that I was under the microscope. Every program I looked into for them to judge if I was a good candidate to become a teacher. And so out of that, I started to search for different institutions that were led by African-Americans or Africans, anything where there would be more relatability. And that's when I discovered kinetic yoga. Egyptian yoga. So just the process of me searching and my instinct knowing that there were some important misses led me to my truths every single time and um, ended up discovering about a man, Yasir Hotep, who had spent his life's work on research in Africa and Egypt and hieroglyphics and the practice of yoga, where everything originated from in the first place. And so that particular practice and that deep dive led me closer to my inner self. I knew nutrition was big, but I didn't like any of the nutrition programs that Western civilization had to offer because if they were on point, then people wouldn't be sick. So I started looking towards Dr. Sebi and started taking some of his philosophies into my own practice, fell in love, saw the changes in my health and my wellness, took a deeper dive into education and found a detoxification program and certified in that. You know, and so one thing, what my search for truth within myself has led me to the foundations for holistic wellness. And they keep opening doors and they're literally unending. And just because I learned one thing, there's no end to that. There's, I can go deeper because of what I'm looking for. And I think that my instinct has played well on that. And by following my instinct, I've learned a lot. And so now when I am in situations where I have to integrate with allopathic medicine, like being pregnant, you know, and having to see physicians because that's the culture of having a baby in the United States. I feel more powerful and prepared to ask questions and challenge and make decisions that are in the best interest of myself and my child. 
a couple of experiences where protocol, a certain timing in the pregnancy required action. You know, the very first time I went in to see my midwife, she wanted to do pap smears and all of that. The second time it was neural tube defect testing. And then most recently, glucose testing. And for the most recent one, they wanted me to drink that orange drink to test how my my insulin response and if I was at risk for gestational diabetes. And I had hesitation because I had heard about so many women having horrible side effects. And I couldn't really understand why they would give a product to a woman that would induce side effects that are worse than what she could already be experiencing anyway. And so when they handed me the the bottle, I looked on the back of the ingredients. And I'm looking, it has corn syrup, dextrose. And I was like, this has every ingredient that I avoid in my diet every single day. First of all, if I put this in my body now, it's going to wreak havoc on a whole system response. And I'm going to be very imbalanced. Like from a physiological perspective, but then of course I'm going to have these side effects. And I was like, there's no way I'm doing this. They don't, you don't have to fast. They didn't even recommend that I fasted. She said, you don't have to fast. Just go in, take this a certain time before you do the test, go to the testing site a certain time. So you take it within, you do it within an hour. Directions are real specific. And so when I got into the office with the midwife, I told her what my concerns were. I was like, this is GMO. This is an additive. This is a chemical. Why, why would I put that in my body when I'm, when I, when I have a baby in my body, let alone when I don't? And she said, well, it just means we're going to have to prick your finger every single time you come in. And, you know, there's another indicator that it will express, but I could do a blood test that will show me. And I said, okay, well, then that's what we're going to do. I was like, do you think I care if you prick my finger every single time I come in here once a month? And she said, no. I said, well, let's get to it then. And she pricked my finger. Immediately, they were able to tell that I had no diabetic issues. Went and did the blood test. No issues, no risks for diabetes. And that was a much simpler option. And so, you know, her feedback to me is that I always challenge her. And she feels now the need to give people options. But you know that this is a huge industry and it's monetized with protocols. You know, people make money when they get blood work. People make money when they, when they have people drink those glucose drinks because they cost money. Like it's a huge monetized industry. So if you don't challenge the protocol and, and ask for options, then you're going to be subject to the things that happen as a result. The times that I did follow protocol, they were absolutely horrific. Um, I took a neural tube defect blood test and my midwife called me, but I wasn't available. She got my voice message and she wasn't available. Well, of course, as a mom that's pregnant, you're like, she wants to talk to me about results. So there must be something wrong. I need to get a hold of somebody. They ended up putting a nurse on the phone and she gave me back my results for the test. And 
That first part result of the test showed that I was at high risk for neural tube defect. And so I went into a panic and a disconnect and an anxiety craze for literally three weeks. For the first week, I'm researching neural tube defect, finding out about spina bifida, finding out about deformities in the brain, you know, finding out about Down syndrome and just literally losing my mind. In the back of my mind, I know there is no way that my baby can have any of these challenges because of my health, my current health status, because of what I eat, because of the herbs I take. There is no way that this should be happening. But I'm now in a feared moment because of a protocol but more because of lack of information. And so I started digging a little deeper, researching more, and found out that there's two parts, results to this test. I learned what the differences were in the test. One was just diagnostic based on a lot of different just data particles, like your age, the gestational age of the child, your um, your race, things like that. And then the other part of the test actually shows what risk of deficiency you're in. So I called back and I was like, I need somebody to call and explain the results of my test. And so when they called me back, I was like, what were these results a reflection of? Come to find out it was the diagnostic part. You're taking my age into consideration. Yes, I'm in my 40s, but my body is not in my 40s because of the way I take care of it. You know, gestational age, you're anticipating based on my last period, that this is the exact gestational age and the accuracy has to be on point to be able to determine risk. You know, the fact that I'm African-American, just all these different factors were the result of my high-risk testing result and um, outcomes. And so then I said, well, what was the actual test? I was like 0.000009 away from normal. I was like, you guys are crazy. Um, they had already scheduled me to meet with doc- another doctor who is an at-risk doctor. So I thought this was really real. We're going to schedule an ultra two, um, um, sonogram. We're going to, you know, figure out what's going on. So, you know, when I got their results initially, I was like, I'm headed towards a whole different direction than what I anticipated. Get to the at-risk doctor and they clarified there's no neural tube defects, which is what I realized once I got all of the results from the testing, that the baby's organs were on point. He was dancing. His bones were developing. You could see his femur. Like, he was so powerful in my stomach. The doctor was blown away. She was like, your baby is twerking in your stomach. And I just, I just started laughing. And then she was like, what do you eat? How do you live? And um, I told her in, that I was plant-based, and she said, man, as a you know, neurologist and the, the type of people that I work with that are at risk for neural tube defect or have identified and been diagnosed, it is so hard to even broach the conversation or encourage people to do that, let alone my own self. You know, I struggle with it. I try it. She was like, but it is so astounding in you and your body. She was like, there's no way you're in your 40s. I don't even believe it. She said, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. And then she had a lot to say about the testing. She said she could not even believe that they were still doing this testing 
in the state of Florida. She said, go over here. She's from DC. She said, we don't even do this anymore. We did this like years ago. And so to have gone through that protocol that didn't really match my circumstances took me on a whole, you know, tailspin. If my instincts hadn't kicked in, if I didn't have like some foundation base, this is Elena, that does make sense that anything would be dysfunctional with your baby. You eat this. You live like this. There's just no, that's not scientifically possible. If I didn't have that in the back of my head, I wouldn't have been propelled to research and get to the bottom of it and, and ask more questions and demand responses, in-depth responses, you know. But it was good because at the end, when I was with the high-risk doctor, she confirmed my instincts. You know, that test isn't even necessary, number one. Number two, you have a healthy baby because of your lifestyle, you know. So the best part about that was that I got confirmation. Hell, I didn't need to go through all that to get confirmation, but it was good at the end that I did. But that that was a whole month stint that threw me off completely. I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't want to make a step on anything. Like I didn't want to tell anybody I was pregnant. So that separated me from my tribe that could have been supporting me. Um, I was afraid of what my future would look like if I had to deal with special needs. I, you know, not that termination was an option, but I was beyond that choice of, of doing that because I was so, so far along. Like that wasn't even an option for me. It was unnecessary. And so I believe that women, are subject to a lot of unnecessary protocol, not only when they're pregnant, but when they're not pregnant. I think we look so much for disease and don't trust in our body to heal itself, which is designed to do. And a lot of that is because of the lifestyle that we're, we're taught to have. And I'm glad that I have had the courage to give pushback, to challenge, and to make decisions for myself that I thought were the best from a wellness perspective. And I wouldn't even be here in this place to be able to do that if I hadn't gone on this journey over 10 years ago. I'm talking to Elena Lackey today. She is the owner of Bodyology in Gainesville. Willie wanted to move back to Gainesville and we have about 10 acres. And he said, you know, we'll just build there. And I said, Gainesville is the last place I would ever want to live. <laughs> and um, he just pushed back and he was like, you can make it what you want to. And he said that. And I said, oh my gosh, like, well, if I create what I want, then I will find satisfaction. And that's why I took on this endeavor. And I created the space that I wanted to be in. And I hoped that it would attract other souls that wanted the same thing. And it has done exactly that. And to be able to expand means that we can continue touching different elements and learning from people just within. When I come into this space, I breathe here. People have the same experience. And so not only am I on a journey for myself, I've been able to create an environment that allows me 
to thrive and continue on with that. I can't imagine being pregnant and still being a vice president of the Bank of America and having to go into the banks. I, like my level of health and oh my gosh, it, I would have tanked, you know, but having this experience has been truly amazing. So Bodyology basically embodies about a decade of my work and research and journey and experiences and testimonies with clients. So we have several lines of business and they range from body movement, which includes fitness and um, yoga, anything that continues to make our body move. We have walk classes, run classes. As soon as it starts getting a little bit warmer, we have swim, we have water excursions where we go to the springs and we do kayaking and swimming. Um, we also have a whole line of business that covers therapy and different holistic modalities, anywhere from manual lymphatic drainage to chiropractic. Another line of business is detoxification, which is really special. It's um, very different from like what you see in the stores and commercials. We actually have a consultation with a client. Um, do a health assessment, uncover their body's weaknesses and deficiencies on a cellular and systematic level, and then we develop protocols of very potent herbal tinctures that address their ailments to basically detox and regenerate their tissues. And then we work with them to develop a plan for a plant-based lifestyle and, and then fasting if they want to take it to that level. Um, we're able to coach them through that. We also have a registered dietitian on board that is very agreeable with plant-based and can help somebody transition from a meat-filled diet with dairy and processed foods to completely plant-based if they need that extra support and that counseling and meal planning and things like that. We are developing a whole new focus on women's health reproductive and fertility. You have a big part in that process. We're finalizing that, which is really neat, but we're going to be inviting services like Yoni Steams, Vaginal Steams, where people can come in and get them, or they can purchase your steam um, herbal combinations. We're going to be doing Yoni Pearls, Education related to the services that we offer is a really big deal. So every single service that we offer comes with specialized consultations for customized plans with everybody. Every single thing also has an educational component where people can come to a workshop and learn about that particular thing and ask questions before they even deep dive into it or to help them along the way as they're executing their plan for health and wellness. You know, we take the guesswork out of everything because the people here that have become a part of the collective are passionate about their work. They do their research. They have worked with many people and have experience with the areas that they deliver on. And so people can have a trusting and confident experience when they integrate with one of our leaders here, like you. They know they're going to be getting the best. We just finished our application for food and beverage. And as we were talking, the plumber came in so he could size out our sinks. Um, and give us an estimate on permitting because then we will be deducing and 
smoothies and little plant-based treats and snacks. But the difference between our juicing and anyone in Gainesville is that we will be considering special food combining, which is usually not a consideration when juicing. And that plays into inflammatory responses, gas, gastrointestinal issues. People really don't know. And sometimes turn people off from juicing and doing smoothies because the result of them trying to be healthy is not a fun one. They'll experience diarrhea. They experience gas. They don't want to even try it again. But we're going to educate people on how to do special food combining with our workshops. And then they can come here and get their juices and their smoothies, or they can order it for a week or two at a time. We're working on what it would look like for delivery. And then we'll also offer detox shots. So detox shots are not our end all for detox because we really want people to come in for a consultation and do a whole plan. And we believe in serving the body holistically, not for just little things. But if a woman is like primarily healthy and she's just having a yeast infection. We can put together a detox shot combination that addresses her reproductive, that addresses her lymphatic system and get everything back on balance. If you having trouble concentrating, if you're having a heavy bleeding month period, you know, we have herbs that address all of these different health indications that people can just come in, get a shot. Um, for a, a day, get a couple of shots so they can take it through a whole protocol, but just to really introduce and create interest around that. So that's exciting. The show notes page for today's episode is raisingfreepeople.com forward slash nine four. Letter number four in support of people raising free people. Dear you, trust yourself. And if you're not sure how to do that, or if that hasn't worked out in your favor in the past, remember that every day is an opportunity for you to redesign that pathway from yourself to your self-trust. Do your research. Get involved in spaces with people who are doing the things that you want to build your trust muscles around. Remember, dear you, that there's no way around trusting yourself only through. Learn how to do that. Maybe Elena's story is a reminder or somewhat of a guide. She dedicated a lot of her time to learning about her body. What body of self, whether it's your physical body or project or habit or a thing you're taking on or wanting to integrate, what thing don't you have enough information about to start trusting yourself with? And what can you do about that? Dear you, these questions are meant to disrupt your patterns so that you can start developing and designing a very clear path from yourself to your self-trust. Dear you, you gotta figure out how to trust yourself. Thanks for listening to Fair the Free Child podcast. Like the show? Then show your love or give your feedback at AkilaSRichards.com. Fair of the Free Child is a weekly podcast that centers diverse narratives, insightful commentary, learning with our children, and de schooling ourselves. 
Owning our multiple identities and treating children with dignity. Creating community and sharing conversation from often silenced spaces. Breathing life into liberation practices proactively and on purpose. It's about parenting. It's about self-directed education, loving. It's about learning. 